Well, greetings today in Jesus' name. This is Bishop Harry Wood with Foundational Faith Ministry. We're coming to you today again with another episode of Psalms chapter 119. And we've titled this Psalms 119 in Prayer. This will be part eight. We're going to be going to the 57th verse of the passage of Psalms 119. Hope that you're able to take and turn there in the scriptures with us. If not, make a note and uh, at another time read those verses. And I believe there'll be an encouragement to you. As we've been studying the book of Psalms now for uh, some time, I'm still ever amazed about the fact of how that we can tie in prayer with the very thought of God's Word being the uh, theme or the subject in every verse, and how that uh, through these uh, times that we have been taking and going through the 119th Psalm, it just encourages me to see where these words and terms of the very word, word, and law, and commandments, and statutes, and precepts, and judgment, and I'm sure I forgot one, uh, but uh, but there again, uh, I'm glad that we can look at these things, and as we turn to the scripture today, it says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to, to me, According to thy word, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Again, how well the psalmist has penned these words that I believe should bring us encouragement. It should bring us to that of acknowledging, to remember. I want to just look back at these verses. And uh, as we look at verse number 57, uh, again, I, I see the psalmist saying that he's made a decision. And, you know, we need to be reminded that have we made a decision or we will stay committed that we would keep the word or keep thy words, which we're talking about the word of God. He said that in this psalm, thou art my portion. And really, when we think about that, we could say that it's even that of our inheritance. And so if we know that we um, have an inheritance, we have that beyond what we even are receiving as the benefits and the blessings that God is showering upon us. That shows the greatness of our God. It shows the, also the uh, fact of that He is a Father that gives not only good gifts, but perfect gifts. And all these come from above, as James said. As I continue with verse number 58, it says, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. You know, I'm glad that we can have the favor of the Lord. And also with that fact in mind, uh, one writer has said that 
the word favor there is as if we have actually uh, been in or we see the presence of the face of God. Now, that's that's something to to take in consideration of how um, how we ought to consider God and his favor to us coming to us. And the scripture goes on and says, be merciful to me according to thy word. I'll tell you today, if there's anything that I would want to be examined by or be uh, that that uh, stands the uh, the rule, I would want it to be the word of God because not only righteousness and, and justice, but thank God for God's mercy. God's mercy. And it's according to his word. The psalmist goes on in verse 59, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. You know, I know that we as believers, those that I'm speaking to today that are believers, and if there's those out there that are listening to this uh, teaching and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do as this psalm says, make haste and delay not and come to God's word or come to his commandments. And the Bible teaches us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible tells us that that he sent his word to heal our diseases, and by all means, sin is a disease. It is a disease that has uh, bankrupted the very soul of man. It has brought bondage. It has brought disease. It has brought sickness. It has brought hardship and heartache to man. Sin has, but thank God, the psalmist is calling us here that we take examination and we think on that of God's word, because he says, I thought on my ways. Now, you know, sometimes we in the natural or in the flesh, we need to take and and examine ourselves or allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate and examine us. And the psalmist says, and turn my feet unto thy testimonies. He said he turned after he gave thoughts of his way. You know, we're natural today. We're, We're flesh I heard a minister say here not long ago, uh, from the time I'm doing this recording, he said, you know, we have the natural, but we need the natural to be touched by the super. And if we get the natural touched by the super, it will change us. And God is that super. Thank God. Then we go on and we see that um, the psalmist here says that he made haste when he done this. Uh, he didn't make a delay not to keep his commandments. You know, when we have thought, we've had an examination, we have an illumination from the Spirit of God uh, or the Word of God illuminates us or speaks to us and we turn our feet back or we re- we stay established on the Word. That's one way to look at it. You know, no matter what's been going on in the natural we realize we've got to stay established upon that solid foundation, which is his word. And it says here, I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. You know, that's important. As we are believers, we need to make haste that even when we're having to reach out and take God's word and trust him at it, with whatever is coming at us, or even if we fail God, we need to make haste and we need not delay 
to come to his commandments, come back in order, come into compliance with what God said. Yes, David tremendously sinned, uh, sinned some sinned in some ways that I think that is so uh, so awful as we think about it. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go into all of that. And if you know anything about King David, but David, you know, uh, had to repent. And when the prophet came to him, Nathaniel, and told him, or Nathan, excuse me, that he was the man, David, a man after God's own heart, he didn't tarry, he didn't wait, he didn't rebel. He turned his face to God and he repented. And you know, sometimes we have to have, we have to have the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. We then sometimes even have to have the word itself that we have implanted in us as believers to speak to us, to remind us. And then, you know, it really is not comfortable, but sometimes we just need a uh, index, bony, fingered, man or woman of God to just point at us. And I'm I'm not saying that ministers ought to just point people out in their sermons. Don't misunderstand me. But we, we, we feel like at that moment that that index finger from the man or woman of God is pointing to us. And, and really it's God saying, you need to consider your ways and you need to stay established upon the word of God and even make haste and not to delay to keep that that you know is proper and right and that is the word and the order of God. And you know, there may be some things that happen because there may be a moment we didn't trust God or a moment our faith has been weak or or we're, we're in that time of, of waiting, that time of expectancy of what we're knowing that God's Word says and what God's Word said that it will do. Because the psalmist says, I make I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. And then he goes on in verse 61, The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. Listen, there may be where we miss some benefits and some blessings that God wanted to come our way because we... We were not at that moment where we ought to have been lined up with the Word of God properly. But let me say today, I thank God that the psalmist says, but I have not forgotten thy law. And listen, whatever the enemy has desired to try to rob from us, I want to tell you on the authority of God's Word, if we will stay uh, footed on the rock, which is Jesus in that realm of of life that we actually allow the Holy Spirit to draw us to Him and we continue to remember what the Word of God says, I believe that we will see some great and mighty things happen in our lives. We'll even see things that that the enemy attempted to, to steal from us or even to bring us to a point that's his desire to bankrupt us from receiving what God says that is our portion that the psalmist said in verse 57. Then we see that the psalmist here even says, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I want to say that many of us, we may not actually 
get up at midnight and begin to give God thanks. But listen, I, there's many times I lay on my pillow and it may be the midnight hour. It may be two or three o'clock in the morning if I wake up and I just begin to pray or I begin to worship the Lord in the stillness of that night, try not to disturb my spouse, but my wife. But there again, there's something I want to think on or give us to think on with verse 62 at midnight. You know what that tells me or I think of is that if we were doing it or we do make a practice or we were to do it at midnight, make it a time frame, we are actually closing a day out and we're beginning a new day at midnight. We have closed the day in praise and worship and we are beginning a new day and we're rising, we're laying down and we're rising up with that of thanksgiving. And uh, the psalmist says, because thy righteous judgments. And that gives us an opportunity to just have the confidence of why we worship God is because his judgments, his word is righteous and it's to our benefit. And we go on and we see what verse number 63 says, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. I believe the psalmist is saying that we are a gathered group. We are a body in Christ. We are a unity. We are a family. We are a gathering. We are an assembly. And we are going to be there for each other, to strengthen each other, to stand beside of each other, uh, and that we ourselves will fear him, reverence the Lord, and that we all together will honor the precepts, which are God's word. And then the psalmist in verse 64 closes, the earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Again, we hear the, the word that God, the great creator, the great divine uh, deity, the great I am, the, the earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Thank God, the one that actually had the authority, the power, the supremacy to even speak this world into existence and then touch the clay of the dust of the ground that he created and then by the Spirit of God breathe life into man. He himself has allowed mercy, mercy, the earth, to be full of his mercy. And I love what the psalmist says, because listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm not a know-it-all, and I don't feel like I'm green behind the ears, but I'm going to tell you, there's a little time, there, there's sometimes I have to, you know, wash my ears, and I'm not sure that I didn't see a little green. <laughs> but I said all that to say this, you know, teach me thy statues. My desire today is to stay teachable. I pray that that would be your prayer today, that you would stay teachable, because if we will stay teachable, we will see God move in our lives in such a great way. I love the Lord today, and I pray that you do too. I, I love him more than anything else. And today, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, uh, Psalms 
119, verses 57 through 64, and how we've been ministering on Psalms 119 in prayer. Make these prayer scriptures. Talk to God, uh, just like what the scripture says. Just tell the Lord that he's your portion, you know, from your heart, and that you're going to keep his word. And, and, and just go through this passage of scripture. If we can be of any help, you can reach us at Foundational Faith Ministry 2020 at gmail.com. If you have not subscribed to Foundational Faith, we want to encourage you to do so. We do have a uh, we do have a uh, uh, a um, Facebook page, and that is with uh, Foundational Faith. And we would just encourage you to uh, come to that. And uh, we just hope that you will be blessed the remainder of this day. And until the next time, may God bless you is our prayer. Well, greetings in the name of Jesus. This is Bishop Harry Wood with Foundational Faith Ministries. We're coming to you again today, and we've been going through a series of some study out of the 119th Psalm. I hope this has been helpful to you. We've been looking at these Psalms, or these eight verses each, uh, these uh portions of this passage of scripture as how we can apply it to prayer. I want us to look at verses 49 through verses 56 today, and this will be out of the 119th Psalm again. I want to talk about the confidence or our confidence in the law of the Lord. Now, as we uh, look at the passage of scripture as a whole, the 119th Psalm, there's much that can be said, and definitely, again, we want to make the emphasis of it being broke down into eight verses, and each reference of verses of eight is in that of acknowledgement of one of the Hebrew vowels, uh, well, not vowels, but uh, um, alphabet. But with that said today, let's look at verse number 49 of the 119th Psalm, and we want to share these eight verses with some thoughts today that I hope that will be encouraging to you because definitely in the world that we live today, the time that we live, if there's ever a time that we need something that we know that we can stand in confidence of, it is definitely the word of the Lord or the law of the Lord. And this would be the seventh letter of the Hebrew Bible, and we may go through that and discuss it at another time and, and use the alphabet and the symbols more of what these alphabetical letters mean. But let's move along today and let's look at the passage of scripture itself. In verse number 49, it says, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Now, when I look at this, I think about the letter here is that of the Z or what would be what we would consider a Z in our alphabet, and, it, and it's the closest thing to being pronounced as Zion. Uh, and, and this is what I'd like to say about this in particular. My zeal for you, Lord, continues day and night. Your promise renews my life. Zeal is that of great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. I want to say today that I believe that our zeal our confidence ought to be definitely in the law of the Lord. And as I look at verse number 49, it tells us that we're to remember, or it says, remember the word unto thy servant. And actually, this is talking about the psalmist here is, is I believe, praying and asking God that he remember his word 
toward his servant. Now think about that. That's personal. That's talking about you and that's talking about me, how that we, even as the psalmist, can pray, Lord, you remember your word in reference to me. And so therefore, we can understand why that if we have that confidence in God's word, we have that confidence that God, uh, when we pray and ask God to remember his word toward us, it gives us promises, it gives us hope. And the word hope there is not something that we're just uh, wishing. It's not a wish list, but hope indicates that of something that we may have to wait. There may be a period of waiting but it's also a time of expect and expectancy or patience, or we could even say trust or where faith comes in. And so we, we have elaborated on that some in the past, I believe, but the importance of hope is not a wish list, but it's that of a time of waiting and expecting. It's what we know that God said, and we're expecting that in the due season or the due time. Let's move to verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Now, the psalmist here has given us an understanding that we may in, encounter some affliction. We may encounter some suffering. We may encounter some difficulties in life. But there again, as our confidence and our zeal to the Lord, we understand that his word is for the purpose of, to quicken us. It's to make us alive. It's to bring life to us. It's to give comfort. God's word gives life. And the very word quicken there uh, talks about how that we're made alive or we, we there's life. Uh, so the word of God itself is that that rejuvenates. It's that that revives us. It's that that keeps us alive. And that's important today. So even in the midst of whatever you may have went through or going through, remember God knows about that and that his word is our comfort in our affliction. And there again, I can't say it enough how many times and how much we need to take the literal word of God, find scripture and stand on that scripture because in it there is life. In verse 51 the proud have made me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. Now, as we said, there's going to be afflictions, there's going to be situations. Even this scripture is giving us an understanding that there is going to be there's there is going to be those foes, and we definitely know the enemy, Satan himself, but there's going to be people and there's going to be situations that's going to be used. And even here we find that it says the the proud have have had me greatly in derision. We find here that it's talking about how that there's going to be those that are the proud, the arrogant, the presumptuous. Uh, arrogant is, is an attitude of superiority manifested in an overbearing manner or in a presumptuous claims or assumptions. Now, who in the world would do something like that? Definitely the work of the enemy or anyone that's being influenced by the work of the enemy. They, they think they're superior. Then, Folks, that's what we need to realize today. The enemy is not superior over us. I want to tell you right now, the Bible tells us that we're the overcomer. But we must, we must walk, we must speak, we must take the word of God and stand on it. Then presumptions or overstep exactly what the enemy will do if we will allow it. He is wanting to overstep his bounds. 
He wants to be a trespasser today. He has no right to trespass on your body with affliction. We need to speak to that today. We need to speak to the promises of God's word, and we need to put the enemy in his place. We need to put him in his boundaries and that he doesn't need to cross our boundaries. And then we find that there's the derision that's spoke of here in this passage of Scripture, how that greatly in derision. That means to scoff or to scorn. My, my, my. I want to tell you, if you've ever heard the voice of the enemy through uh, whatever, through the enemy himself or just someone being used by the enemy, they're going to scoff, they're going to scorn, they're going to mock. But listen, the psalmist reassures us here, personal reaction. What is our personal reaction? Do not reject your teachings. He says, I have not declined from your word, the psalmist states. I have not declined from your law. Decline, it, it tells us and indicates that we've not turned back, nor we will turn, nor will we not turn away from. We will not turn away. That tells us that we have made a decision. To decline can speak of perverting. Listen, I want to say today, we have to have the mindset that we're not going to turn back, we're not going to turn around, and we need to realize <coughs> the enemy wants to bring a decline, and he wants us to turn back. Decline can speak of perverting, perverting God's word in the tactic of the enemy, or it's a tactic of the enemy. So therefore, even we have to be attentive and that's why importance is that we are studying the Word of God. We're learning the Word of God. We're applying the Word of God on a daily basis to the issues and the scenarios and the situations of our life because we need to understand that even the enemy knows enough Scripture that he is going to speak the Word of God to a point that he will actually cause the perversion because he wants to bring a decline. What's the decline? Well, if he gets us to hear something that that catches our attention, but it's not the whole truth, if it's not a whole truth, it's a lie. So he's perverted the word of God. He's changed the word of God. Even in the Old Testament, in that of the early uh, account of that of man and Adam and Eve, what do we find? The enemy came. He made a... Uh, perverting of the word of God. He said, well, surely you won't die. Surely. And, and and in the sense at that moment, no, they didn't fall over dead, but they did die. And it caused uh, it, sin, caused death upon us all. Our spiritual death also. As, <coughs> excuse me, as we move along to verse 52, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> verse 52, it, the psalmist says here, I remember thy judgments of old. The word old there means ancient. It means in the past. It means something that I believe that we could even look at that is a foundation. It's something that we know that's settled. It's something that's concrete. It's something that will stand the course of the test. And then the psalmist goes on and he says, not only have I remembered thy judgments, which is his word of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. The psalmist says, I have learned to comfort myself in what your word says that's been established. And the word of God even says in the Psalms, it says that his word is established forever. It, it is established forever. 
So we've got a confidence that his word is a foundation. We can comfort ourselves. I want to tell you today, there's nothing better that you could do is know the word of God and comfort yourself with the word of God, speaking the word of God, standing on it, repeating it, speak it to the enemy. And then as we move on, we see that uh, the psalmist here says, I will remember thy judgments. I want to say something that I think is important. Make note of to remember or mention. How many of us, every day of our life, we write ourselves a note, or we may journal, or we may put things on a calendar. We do that so we make a note of it, or we use it on our, our in our telephone or or whatever. Uh, you may use your calendar on your telephone, uh, but but anyway, there again we make notes of things to remember. The psalmist here says, I am going to make note of your word. And if we're making note of the word of God, we're going to be reminded. And we even have that of the Holy Ghost to put us in remembrance of those things that we need. He talks about the judgments, the divine law, which is Jehovah's divine law. He is favorable or unfavorable to pronounce judicially, uh, especially a sentence of formal decree. What am I saying here? The psalmist here is talking about how the word judgment there, uh, the word judgments that I said is the word of God, they are actually God's divine law or Jehovah God's divine law, whether they be favorable or unfavorable, they are pronounced. It's like that of a verdict, especially a sentence or a formal decree. God has already got a verdict through his word of God and it applies to us, if we're righteous, there is those principles, there's those things. And sadly enough, there is that of unfavorable that's been pronounced that God's law says that's going to take place. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel that the, the, the wicked will die. The wicked will uh, be accountable for their own sin. I believe it's uh, that of Ezekiel chapter 18. They'll be accountable for their own wickedness. And how that they will that that it brings about death. So there is the decree of God's law that says this is what is the precedence of something. Uh, you know, if we went into a a lawyer's chambers or a lawyer's office, we would find maybe volumes of books on laws or law cases. Those are things that laws have been tested, and we see that they have been. Uh, proven to be effective, and they are, they are actually even that that uh, gives us the opportunity to understand why a judge may pass a certain verdict, because the law says this, or the law says if I pass or I speak the maximum on this, or or if I have some consideration here because of this or that, so we understand that being a. Uh, being a legal term, the word judgment there in verse number 52 also, but it is his word. Verse 53, it says, Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Now, I think it's interesting that the word horror is used here. And, you know, I, I really don't like the word horror. And I don't like, uh, I really, to be honest with you, I'm just going to ex expose something here. I really am not a fan of October the 31st, uh, Halloween. I am not a fan. So I am not into, uh, I'm not into all these kind of things. So, so if you are, uh, that's, that's up to you. But anyway, this word here, horror, 
means to be consumed with anger. Actually, that's what it means. Uh, horror hath taken a hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Think about that. It says that the psalmist says here, I am consumed with anger. Well, let me ask a question. Is there a right way to be angry? Is there a wrong way to be angry? As we look on, the word wicked is used in this passage of Scripture. Concretely, uh, if we were thinking about something being solid or, or firm and active, it's an actively bad person, one that does wrong and that is guilty. I mean, they're guilty of what they do. They're ungodly. Now, this is not just somebody that says something about you necessarily, um, but but they're again, uh, but, or laughs at you. But we're talking about people that have turned their lives into that of just being plum wicked. Um, they do wrong. They actively are looking how that they can uh, just be honest with you, just be disobedient to the word of God and, and, and to be contrary um, the, the psalmist talks about how that they have forsook the law. So that's what it's talking about. They have chose to walk away or chose to leave off or to refuse to do what God's word says. Now, there's people out here that get so, um, so bound by things that we know that are definitely sin. And God is their hope. But there again, Listen, there is people that love to do what they sin. They love it. They love it. And they don't want to change. And let me say something today. You'll never get victory over whatever is uh, whatever you're dealing with, especially if you're a sinner today. You will never, until you fall out of love, if you are a believer that is trying to hold on, some, on to some um, weight, you're, 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 you're trying to hold on to something that you know that God wants to give you victory over. Folks, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to have all the blessings of God that you can have until you fall out of love with that. I was sharing that with somebody just the other day, how that they needed just how this individual that they were sharing with me about uh, that it hurt them, how that individual needs to fall out of love with what they think that they love to do that's sinful think about that as we look at verse number 54 it says thy statues have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage now as i look at that we we see that it says here thy statues have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage even in the midst of whatever is going on, folks, the psalmist here is telling us that we can be one that worships. Worship. This is talking about an attitude of worship. Now, I want to think for just a few moments of at least one thing that we have Scripture about, how that, or two things, how there is two things from Scripture, one in the Old Testament, how that there was... Uh, how, how worship was looked at or the attitude of worship in uh, a couple situations. First of all, we can go to the 137th Psalm, verses 1 through 4, and I'm going to read it. It says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept. When we remembered Zion, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there they that carried us away required of us a song. 
And they that wasted us required us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Well, the psalmist wraps it up in that last part of that last sentence or that last question. How shall we sing in the Lord sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Well, I think that's a valid question. But listen, the children of Israel, or the house of Judah, had been in bondage now in captivity in Jerusalem. And they were going to be there for 70 years. And actually, the 137th Psalm is actually a hymn in our Old Testament Bible. It actually is a hymn that they they actually composed there as they were talking about in reference of how do you expect us to sing the praises? How do you expect us to worship because we're not at the temple? How can we do this because we're in a strange land? Well, I understand we cannot allow what is permanent, is a permanent temporal situation. They were in this situation. Their, their moment was of their house, of their residence, was actually there of Babylon. But they were not to just give up. And in the midst of all their sorrow, they began to actually compose a hymn. Then we find, on the other hand, we find in the New Testament how that there were those that were beaten. They had been beaten, and they had been actually taken and thrown in jail. And that is none other, that is none other than Paul and Silas, and what were they doing? They were singing in the midnight hour. I'm going to tell you, when you've been beaten by the officials, you've been falsely accused, and you now are sitting in the middle of the jail in the middle of the night, and you may not know exactly what's going to take place tomorrow. I mean, you may be headed to a, a hearing, and they may be wanting your life. You may not know what tomorrow holds, but I want to tell you, as I've heard it, and it's worth repeating, I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Hallelujah. And I think that's what we ought to be uh, about. They began to sing praises unto God in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. Matter of fact, verse number 25 of the 16th chapter of the book of Acts says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang songs unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Now, I'm going to tell you, when the prisoners heard it, there was something that they knew that was different about these men. I don't want to tell you, and actually, I, I, you may not agree with this, but I like it. I think it goes along with it good. Uh, I believe that they got to sing it, the things of God. They began to sing. I don't know what song they sung. Somebody suddenly sung Amazing Grace. Well, John Newton wrote it, and, and I think that was many years later. But I tell you what, whatever they sang, maybe they began to sing the Psalms. But I want to tell you what, it got the attention of God Almighty in heaven. I, I Now, this is just my take on this. You can do whatever you want to with this. But I tell you what, I believe that when they began to sing, the, the people in the jail heard them. The jailer was asleep. But listen. I believe that God got so excited in heaven that he just started patting his foot because the earth is his footstool. And the Bible says there was a great earthquake and the jail flung open and the the uh, jailer woke up. And of course, he was concerned because he knew that he possibly could lose his life if, if, the, if the prisoners was gone. And he immediately was uh, was heard 
crying out, what must I do to be saved? And we find that these two men of God, they spoke what the, that this man needed to do, and they actually led this man and his family to the Lord, and who knows who else was touched in that re region uh, at that time because of their worship in the midst of that that was difficult. Think about that. We never know what testimony. We never know what influence. We never know what we may be speaking into somebody else's life, how we take the circumstances we're walking in and learn to have an attitude of worship. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord today. There's some things that I could say right there. Hallelujah. Verse 55, as we move on, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night and have kept thy law. The psalmist reminds us to remember his name. What is his name? Well, somebody said there was at least 365 different names that gives us characteristics of who God is. That doesn't mean we've got 365 gods. Don't misunderstand me. But just as I would be known as Pa by my grandkids, my wife, she calls me most of the time by my first name. Uh, I have people that call me pastor. I have people that call me bishop. I have people that, that, that call me whatever. Um, so there is names that identify in some area. You know, even uh, the fact that I've got two siblings. I've got a brother and, I'm a, and I've got a sister. So therefore, I'm a brother because I've got a sister and I've got a brother. So these titles are, can be names. But the one thing that I want us to remember is that the psalmist is reminding us that he is the self-existent, the self-sufficient one. He is the great I am. He's the one that came to Moses. He's the one that throughout the scriptures has identified himself as the almighty God. Listen, in the night, the darkest moments is when we can find the I am. I want to tell you in the darkest moments of our lives is when we can find Jesus because of his word. Now, we can find him walking on the water in the New Testament. We can find him in the Old Testament where he comes to that of Moses to give him a new a new mission, a new commission, really, and also give him instruction what he's to do to lead the house of Israel out of Egypt. Then we find that the psalmist declares he kept his law, his teaching. The psalmist says, and have kept thy law. Now listen, I'm going to tell you, that's exactly where our testimony ought to be, is that we have kept the testimony. We have kept the law of God. We have kept the very word of God in our life. And that's our greatest desire today is that we will keep the word of God. We will keep it. And when we keep it, that means that we have, we have read it. We have studied it. We have been willing to apply the word of God to our life, to our life. And God will acknowledge, God will honor that. As we get to Verse number 56, we see that it says, This I had because I kept thy precepts. You know what the psalmist is really saying here? Just let me put it in, in, in these terms. This I had because I kept thy precepts. What we can understand here is the psalmist is saying, This is what I will do. This is what I will do. I will follow your orders. Today, we need to realize that God is in control, and if we're going to follow anybody's instructions, we're going to get more accomplished, 
for our own lives and for the others that we have any kind of influence on that if we will follow his orders, we will follow his word. That means that we will listen to it, that we will read it, we will learn it, and we will begin to speak what God said about it. Folks, I'm going to tell you, there's victory there. I have to remind myself, that's one of the reasons that I like doing these podcasts, is so that I can encourage others and I can be reminded of myself. I can be reminded myself of what God has said. Let's pray. Father, I just ask right now that something's been said of the Word of God from Psalms 119. Our verses today, verses 49 through 56, I pray that there's been something that's been said into the listener's ear that will transform them. I pray, dear Father, that you will give them an encouragement. Lord, if there's one today that needs to call out to you and just ask you to forgive them of their sin, that there's one that's hurting, that's suffering in sickness, I just believe you right now, Father, according to your word, to heal them. By your stripes, they are healed. Lord, today we give you praise and glory and honor. Lord, I pray for a manifestation, a move of the Holy Ghost and revival across the world today. Every nation that we're going into, I pray today for peace and I pray for prosperity in life. So I pray for governments, God, to just be seasoned, Lord, with a visitation of the Holy Spirit, whether the officials know it or not, and that you would be honored in some way. Lord, we love you today, and we give you praise and honor, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If this has been a blessing to you today, I wish that you would just sit down and drop us an email at foundationalfaithministry2020 at gmail.com, or you can send that to Pastor Harry, 8700 at yahoo.com. I want to encourage you, if you do not, have a subscribe, subscribe to our podcast. You'll know when the next one comes up. Also, share this with a friend uh, and also go back and check some of our other items in our library. God bless you today and we hope to um, hear from you and we hope to be able to minister again very soon with our next podcast. God bless you.